Welcome to The Art of Intimate Marriage with Dr. Jennifer Conzin. Sensitive yet frank advice for enjoying every benefit of one of God's most fundamental gifts. Dr. Conzin is a licensed marriage and family counselor, sex therapist, as well as an adjunct professor, award-winning researcher, author, and speaker. With today's conversation on the biblical approach to fulfilling intimacy in marriage, here's Jennifer. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Jennifer Conzin with The Art of Intimate Marriage. And we had the opportunity to have some time to talk about some of the rather painful experiences that people can have in their sexual background, things that happen to them either in their childhood or adolescence or even as young adults. And so we talked about sexual abuse. Today, we're going to talk about healing and treatment and couples therapy and different forms of treatment that can really make a difference in how to work through the impacts of sexual abuse on the adult marital sexual relationship. So if you missed the last broadcast and this is an area that you are needing some care in, you can go back and listen to that previous broadcast on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage, and look for the radio show podcast on sexual abuse part one. Today is part two. And this is a challenging topic. This isn't a lighthearted topic, obviously, in any way, but also Again, I reminded everyone at the beginning of the previous broadcast that if this is your background, you will want to be aware that just listening to this broadcast can bring up quite a bit of challenges. It can bring up a racing heartbeat. It can bring up your own memories, maybe even some some pictures that flash back into your mind. If this has been your own experience, you may want to have a supportive advisor with you when you listen or at least tell them ahead of time you're going to be listening and talk to them afterwards or have your partner there with you as you're listening. It can bring up a lot and it can cause some of that trauma to return. You can feel it within the body often and you can feel it within your mind and in your mood. So just be aware that if listening to last week's podcast or this week's brings up anything, get some extra support have those who love and care for you be there for you. So I want to start out with, we've already explained the types of sexual abuse people experience and the different ways that it affects them emotionally, psychologically, physically, and relationally. So today we're going to talk about, so how do people go about a process of healing? I do want to emphasize that sexual abuse is not just something that women experience. So you may be listening and you may be a male listener and you may have experienced violations. I ask every person who comes in my office when I do a thorough assessment, I am checking if they've had any kind of sexual violations in their background. And yes, the percentage of women who have been violated sexually is quite a bit higher, double to triple. Yeah, about triple what it is for men. But that doesn't disqualify the fact that many men have experienced sexual violations, either when they were growing up or in their adolescence or even as adults 
I have had men share about having either other boys or older boys or older adults or older women or other individuals touch them in violating ways, penetrate them in very violating ways, force them to engage in sexuality when they did not want to, making demands for especially oral and anal sex. Those are the areas that come up predominantly for men where they are forced to perform those acts, those sexual acts, or forced to touch and make sexual contact with others. So I want to start this broadcast with saying this is not just for the women listeners. This is for everyone. And that all individuals, if it's affecting their marital sexual relationship, can benefit from hearing how they can overcome some of the challenges that those experiences can create. There are specific forms of treatment for trauma. And one of the most recent and very researched versions is EMDR and eye movement desensitization. And so that form of therapy, even in my office, there are a number of individuals that use EMDR. I don't actually, I'm not a practitioner of EMDR, but I have definitely had individuals in my office who have gone and seen somebody individually. I refer people sometimes to EMDR. There are just different types of treatment for trauma that help different individuals. And so definitely for some, utilizing that form of treatment. I won't go into the specifics of how it's done, but that is one form of trauma treatment. There is also what you would call trauma-focused cognitive behavioral therapy, trauma-focused CBT. CBT is, you know, definitely by far the most researched of all of the therapies, cognitive behavioral therapy is. And so they do have a specific form of CBT that focuses on trauma, trauma trauma-focused. And there are specific techniques that are used within that version of therapy. There's many other versions. One is called prolonged exposure therapy, which is a form of CBT, actually. There's also hypnotherapy. There's different forms of individual and couples and family therapy. So, and I'm just honestly touching the tip of the iceberg and sharing some of the forms of therapy out there. What I do is I provide couples therapy for trauma for those with both physical and sexual abuse in their background. And the work that I refer to quite a bit is by Wendy Maltz, the who wrote The Sexual Healing Journey. And then she has different exercises that she does called Relearning Touch. And often what happens with couples is the background that the individual is having or had in sexual abuse has made not only the sexual relationship difficult, but it's also made all areas of touch problematic in the marriage. So when I have couples come in and they're having sexual issues and they have a background in sexual abuse, I always check how affection is going, how general touch and affection is going in their marriage. It is very common that that becomes problematic. And it's usually not right away. I have many individuals who have come in and they share about how when they first met their partner, it was exciting and fun and they were holding hands and and so on. But then as the relationship developed, they became usually after marriage, 
sometimes early in marriage, sometimes after kids are born, where they start having problems with sex, and then they start having problems with just affectionate touch. So one of the things that's vital to this process is understanding that many individuals need to reclaim God's view of sexuality. Often sexuality has been so tainted by, and when I say sexual abuse, it can be sexual comments, it can be exposure to sexually explicit materials. You can go back and listen to the previous episode that will explain sexual abuse isn't just about violation and sexual violation and penetration and touch to the genitals. It can be comments, it can be exposure to certain materials. And so those, all of those experiences can destroy any positive view of sexuality. So often the work that I'm doing, even in session, is helping people reclaim God's view of sexuality. Often the words that are used to describe sex are, are is dirty and scary and wrong, that very strong feeling of wrong and dirty. So you can actually access some materials on that, reclaiming God's view of sexuality. You can go on my website, The Art of Intimate Marriage, and you'll find a recording on what God's view of sexuality is. Or you can go and buy the book, The Art of Intimate Marriage on Amazon, and you can read that whole chapter and spend some time deeply examining what is God's view of sexuality because perhaps some of the things I have experienced has made sex become negative. So another part of that healing process spiritually is even re-examining who God is, especially if the person who was the perpetrator of the sexual abuse was a caretaker. That can affect someone's view of God because God is our father, and especially if it was a father figure or a parent figure. It can be important for somebody to go back and review who God is and look at the scriptures on God's character and even understanding God's view of when people have been harmed and where was God in that. So if that is the case for you, spiritual hearing, healing can be an incredibly important process. I do want to also say not only does sexual abuse affect the individual and they, in, in a marital relationship, but it also affects a spouse. And so if you are a spouse of an individual with a background and it's coming up in your marriage and causing challenges, your spouse may also need support and treatment and guidance and spiritual healing. You may need help as a couple. So Often it's, when I'm working with couples, it's not just an individual issue. It's now become something that's challenging for both the couple and for both the individual and their spouse. There may be sometimes a question, though, on, gosh, why go there? I have had multiple individuals say to me, look, I already did my therapy on my abuse background, and we want to work on our sexual relationship, but I really don't want to talk anymore about that because I've already dealt with it. Well, hmm. often what happens, though, is it hasn't been dealt with in the marriage relationship. Perhaps the individuals had good individual care, but then the help hasn't and the healing hasn't happened in the couple's relationship. And so a part of sex, of healing from sexual abuse can, if the marital relationship is safe, can occur in the marital relationship. In fact, sometimes more damage can happen in the marital relationship. For instance, I've worked with many couples where 
let's say a wife has a background in sexual abuse and it's causing challenges for her if her partner is at all dismissive or at all frustrated with his wife's problems with sexuality, it can cause all kinds of different new challenges and possibly even re-traumatization if they share what happened to them, especially if it wasn't a direct penetrative sexual experience. People can be very dismissive. I, I can't tell you the number of adults that I've worked with where their parents were dismissive of mom, dad, this is what happened to me. And mom and dad blow it off or say, well, what did you do? Well, that can also happen in marriage. And so it is important to help spouses be a safe place for uh, to, so that their partner can work through their healing with them. So it affects the marriage. It affects both. So one of the things that I always let people know is that working through understanding someone's background doesn't necessarily fix the problems they're having in their marriage. Knowing and understanding what happened and the impact it has doesn't do the fixing. There's more to it than that. However, it does create compassion. And compassion is a huge, important component. A lot of times I have partners that when I ex explain to them how trauma impacts people, the partner finally goes, oh, Oh, I thought she was just being selfish. I thought he was just being overly reactive and rude. I had no idea that these responses that I'm seeing in my spouse are connected to the trauma that they went through. And there's usually this, oh, that happens, which is honestly lovely and more compassion and understanding. So it doesn't fix the problem necessarily to know what happened to your spouse or to talk about it in the spousal relationship or with a therapist or a trusted spiritual advisor. It doesn't fix it, but what it does do is it creates more compassion in the marital relationship often. It sheds light. It brings understanding to some of the patterns and the responses that have been happening in the marital sexual relationship that often neither the husband or the wife are really understanding. And so that's why couples work is vital. It brings understanding and compassion to a subject that can be potentially very explosive and is very, very sensitive. One of the things that's important to both individual and couples healing is that that process of healing needs to include that the survivor releases themselves from blame. But you have to do that carefully. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had women come in and say, but I got in that car, but I went out with that guy, but I initiated that physical contact, but I had that drink. Especially with, it's actually surprising to me the number of times I've had to individuals share, I got in the car. And so there's a blame. And so in that work can be very important to separate what exactly you're responsible for. So perhaps you can say, you know, I made a bad choice to take that drink, to go with that person to their place to get in that car. Okay, you can take responsibility for a choice that you made. Sure. But Everything 
every sexual violation that happened is not an issue of choice and blame. So it's important that when people are working through the process of blame, there may be certain things that they can look back and take a big breath and go, you know, I was making some poor choices and I I want to learn from that. Okay, great. Learn from that. Now, at the same time, that doesn't mean that the sexual violation was in any way, any part your fault. So discerning that process of why people blame themselves is important and working them through it is important. Recognizing also in conjunction with this, that the perpetrator was a hundred percent responsible for the sexual violation. That's an important part of that process of I can learn from the choices of the type of lifestyle I was possibly living. That's only in some of the cases even, because if obviously if this kind of thing occurred when someone's a child, that's a whole nother realm of no blame. Here I'm discussing how sometimes these violations happen as people come into their teen and preteen and into their adult years. And so there might be choices that individual is making. Okay, learn from that. However, the actual sexual violation was 100% the responsibility of the perpetrator. So learning how to be released from blame is, is vital. And then a part of healing is, okay, now I'm in this adult marital sexual relationship with this partner that loves me. How can I now learn to experience sexuality without fear without some innate because sexual abuse will cause some innate reactions, some some pulling back, some fearful startle responses, some qualms deeply in the stomach, the tension in the stomach or across the shoulders in people's bodies. And they don't actually recognize that sometimes it's attached to the background that they've experienced. So how to approach their sexual activity without fear. A big part of that is starting with relearning you are the owner of your body. You can actually listen to more on that piece in a previous broadcast on body image. So go back and and explore that on my website because it is vital that we understand even scripturally that our bodies are first our own, even in marriage, and that then we give over authority to our spouse and that our spouse is to use that authority as Jesus did to serve. So it is important and vital that Christians reclaim ownership of their body and that a part of that is learning how to accept safe touch. I do, I'm going to go into some of those specifics here, in a, in a, but I want to remind you, you can go into more detail in learning about these pieces by going to my website and you can read some blogs there. You can listen to previous broadcasts. So the website is theartofintimatemarriage.com. And you can also go on there. There's a link. You can go on Amazon as well and buy the book, The Art of Intimate Marriage, where you can learn all kinds of other pieces that might be affecting your sexual relationship. Also, one of the biggest things that happens for couples, it's that communication can become really difficult when there are sexual issues in marriage. And so you can also go on Amazon and purchase the intimate marriage cards. They're communication cards that help couples just begin to talk around sexuality. 
just look those up. The Intimate Marriage Cards by Jennifer Conson on Amazon. Buy them. Bring them home. Have them mailed to you. Use them and start to communicate around them. There are also communication exercises in the book, The Art of Intimate Marriage. So go on my website, find some additional resources. If this is a helpful learning to you. This is a listener-supported ministry. You can go on the website and find the link for making a financial contribution to continue this ministry on Kbright. So returning to the process of healing from sexual abuse, one of the issues that comes up for those who've experienced sexual abuse or sexual violations in any way is that because when they were especially younger, if they had to really separate from their body in some ways in order to just endure what happened to them, that disassociation from their body can carry into the adult years, into adult sexual relationships where I've had both men and women talk about how they they can literally pull back and they almost feel like they're looking at themselves having sex where they no longer are really noticing what the touch feels like, what the sexual sensations are like. They have pretty much disappeared from being within their own body. And so I do do exercises with individuals, with their partner when safety has been established on how to stay in their body during simple touch so that they can then apply that to when they're in intimate touch with their partner. One of the pieces of that is learning how to stay in the body when there are sensations happening, when touch is happening, how to enjoy pleasurable sensations. If, if someone has a background in sexual abuse, it can be very difficult for them to enjoy sexual touch. And so again, there's usually a progressive series of touching exercises that I give couples so that the fears around touch can first of all um, be worked through so the partner be, can become a safe place to work through those fears. And then um, first doing that around affectionate touch and then into sexual touch. Trauma therapy and or sex therapy is often frequently necessary in order for individuals and couples to learn how to manage the fears and the automatic responses that occur when someone disassociates from their body. So you may be able to read the chapters in my book and really have some healing in your sexual relationship, or you may need to see a professional and get some sex therapy, some trauma therapy, and then perhaps some sex therapy. Usually it's one needs to start with trauma therapy and go into sex therapy in order to bring about healing. So you seeing a professional can be very helpful. There is more just hugely important in this process of spiritual healing is understanding what does God say if there have been sexual violations in your past? So this is I've used this in previous broadcasts. It's in my book. I love this. This is actually from the book, Sex and the Supremacy of Christ, where they put together a compilation of different scriptures. It's actually some parts from Psalm 10, from Psalm 147, from Jeremiah 33, and Amos verse, uh, chapter nine, uh, yeah, 9. 
on when there have been injuries done to you and the choice, or even sometimes when, if there's choices you've made that have brought about grief. So it can be a mixture sometimes. God brings about healing. So let me read this to you. This is a paraphrase of these different scriptures. To those for whom sexual experience has resulted in unholy pain, Christ says, I understand well your experience. I hear the cry of the needy, afflicted, and broken. Come to me. I am your refuge. I am safe. I will remake what is broken, and I will give reason to trust and then to love. I will remake your joy. Boy, just reading those words out loud brings up a lot. God says that he can understand our painful experiences and that when we cry out in our affliction, in our brokenness, he says, come to me. I want to be a place of refuge. I want to be a place. He is a place of safety. Not only does he want to be a place of refuge and safety, but that he is. I spoke about uh, earlier that it's important for many to go through some kind of spiritual healing about who God is. Perhaps um, individuals have to work through believing, coming back to a belief in that God is a safe place, that God is a place of refuge, and that the, the scriptures do apply to them, even though they experienced these different violations. I will give you reason to trust. So that God can actually remake our relationships. Thing, relationships get broken. He can remake what is broken and he can give us reason to trust each other, even though sometimes the violations occur, not just in the background, but also in the marital relationship. I love the last part of this. He says, um, I will give you reason to love and I will remake your joy. So God can bring healing in the marital relationship to create love instead of anger and reactivity, to create love instead of fear, to bring in joy to the sexual relationship instead of just enduring. Uh, literally, when you read the different parts that this compilation of scriptures is from, let me read the actual scripture. So this is in Psalms. You, O Lord, do see trouble and grief. You consider it to take it in hand. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed. God can take our trouble and our grief in hand. Jeremiah thirty seventeen. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds. Jeremiah 33, 6. Behold, I will bring health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. God is and can be our source of healing. This is Dr. Jennifer Conson with The Art of Intimate Marriage. Thank you for joining us for The Art of Intimate Marriage. Now, let's be real. This is not a typical radio program, and we know it generates questions. If you have one you'd like Dr. Konzin to address here on air, email her at jenniferkonzin at yahoo.com. Konzin is spelled K-O-N-Z-E-N. Jenniferkonzin at yahoo.com. 
We hope today's program was beneficial to you. And if you agree this unique voice should be on the air, your donations will help keep it there. To give or to get more information about the ministry, Dr. Kahn's Center for Sexuality in San Diego, or to get more resources for improving intimacy in marriage, visit us on the web at theartofintimatemarriage.com. And for more on experiencing the marriage God designed, join us this same time next week for The Art of Intimate Marriage.